Hey guys, welcome to the first episode of Crease Crank Hockey Podcast with Murph and Speech. How's it going, Speech? Um, I'm doing good. I'm excited. I'm ready for the first pod. I'm really excited to get going here. How about you? I'm feeling pumped. Like it's the first time we're doing this, so let's get to her. What's the first topic? Um, let's start off by talking about the World Juniors. Obviously, we got to talk about Connor Bedard, but I want to start off by talking about Adam Fantilli. I thought it was a bit disappointing about his performance, even though you could tell he has the talent, just a little bit snake bitten. I agree. Do you think there's a, a bit difference from, I guess, college hockey and maybe junior hockey in Canada? I'm not sure. I think. I think college hockey is a bit better because more talent all around because you got ex junior guys going to play, but I I'm just surprised that he struggled as much as he did. And speaking of struggles, Shane Wright, Shane Wright, more like Shane Wrong, because my gosh, he only had seven points, which coming from uh, Seattle, you know, he didn't have a the best start in the league. He got sent down to the AHL, but uh, like he, he got his first goal. He knocked down his first goal right before he got sent to the World Juniors. Yeah, against Montreal too. Yeah, what a hometowner. But honestly, when it, it's kind of got, got bad for him in the World Juniors. Like it wasn't the best start. They weren't the best five-on-five five when he played with, who was it, Gunther and... What was his other line? Was it, Bedard to start? I it, it was Bedard. it was Bedard to start. That was their top line, and then uh, like Fantilli got moved down, and then you had Wright got stayed with Gunther, but um, Bedard got sent down to play with Stan Coven and Roy, which I thought that was the best line in the tournament by far. Yeah, that ended up being a really good move for Canada. I now we should start talking about Connor Bedard. Wow, is he unbelievable? Yeah. Unreal. Unreal. 23 points. 23 points. Nine goals. Nine goals, 14 assists. Hearing a 20.5 shooting percentage, which is just unbelievable. But, like, un- unreal how good he is. But I do have to give credit to Czechia. In the finals, they held him off the score sheet. I thought they were a good all around defensive team. And even though I'm Canadian, I was rooting for Canada. I was not going to be surprised if Czechia pulled that out because I honestly think they could have. They were right there with Canada the whole time. They shut down Bedard, but it's just Canada was too deep. Bedard had a good all-around tournament, and obviously he was shut down. But see that one play where he made with Stankoven the the diving stick and yeah. got to the obvious. He didn't. Uh, Stankoven didn't finish it, but that was an unreal play by him. I thought that was a really yeah. good play, but. It was a good. It was a good game. I thought Canada came out strong, and he did. Canada played a really good game. They they were up two zip, and it was probably around six or seven minutes left in the third. Um, they uh, Czechia potted their first one, and then a um, minute or two later, uh, they potted another one to tie it up two two. So as a Canadian, a uh, big fan of hockey. That was uh, tough to see, and I was getting a little nervous. I'm not gonna lie, but I'm glad they pulled it out out in overtime. Gunther with the big two goals. Double yeah, honestly, I if you asked me before, I wouldn't have said Gunther would have got that winner because oh yeah, 
was good two on one. Who made that pass? Yeah. Oh yeah, it was raw. You're all right. Yeah. Because you could see as soon as it happened, you could kind of see the gates open for Canada, and at that point, you could just tell it was over. But I think now we should also give a chance to talk about the third place team there in the U.S. Uh, yes. Logan Cooley, very good player, yeah. but he went after the Canadian fans, and Canada just had to put him back in his place quick. Yeah. Cooley, you already knew he was going to have a good tournament. Uh, Getting drafted uh, third overall, I believe. Yeah, to Arizona. Yeah. He he had a really good tournament, well-rounded. Seven goals, seven assists for 14 points. Uh, right. Second in, in the league. Or right in a high shooting percentage as well. Shooting 28%, which is really good. That's, you don't miss the net much with that with those stats. But yeah, their, their line there, him playing with Snuggerud and... Goche was really strong. They performed well together, and you could you could tell that they had played together before at the U18 championships because they just had good chemistry going. Um, their captain Luke Hughes, I was really impressed with. I was I hadn't seen much of him playing before that, but watching him there, I was wow. He is he'll be in the NHL soon for yeah, sure. Yeah, especially getting drafted to New Jersey, playing with his brother Jack yeah, Hughes. I bet you that'll be a bet you Quinn's a little play. little jealous about that, but. Even even talking about U.S. actually, like the Canada and U.S. game, unbelievable game I thought. Like Milic played on his head. Uh, Augustine was solid too. Augustine, good young goaltender, 2005. I thought he's pretty solid too. Even though his stats aren't as good, I think his stats don't reflect as well as he actually played. One of the younger guys in the tournament for sure. Not not being drafted yet. Obviously, this is his draft year, but. I think when, obviously for goalies, it takes longer to develop. And we've seen that in the NHL too. But I think he could definitely become a really good goalie in the NHL someday. Another goalie I was impressed with was, uh, I'm going to butcher the name here, Kucinich, Czechia. Five wins, a 1-5-2 goals against average, which that's unbelievable. Although not surprising as Czechia is very strong defensively. And he had a 9-3-4 in the tournament. A 9-3-4 save percentage. A lot of goalies really impressed me. Like, even Limbaum for, for uh, Sweden. Sweden. Yeah. And I forget what the goalie's name is for Slovakia, but I thought he was the best goalie Gajin of the tournament. Yeah. Gajin, yeah. Gajin. I thought he was the best goalie of the tournament for sure. Especially against Canada. Oh, yeah, for Canada for sure. Definitely stood on his head. He, he was the reason why they even were in that game. Canada had a solid game. They were pretty dominant, but um, uh, defense was kind of lackluster. I thought Canada mostly won off of their um, forwards and getting goals, but Millich in the last couple games, I thought, came through for Canada, and that's why they won gold. Especially with Canada's goaltending game, the big question mark heading into the tournament there, but overall, she ended up showing up big, especially when... The expected starter who played well in the tournament in the summer, Ben Goudreau, was just not what we were expecting from him. We were expecting a bit more, but instead he carried himself with an 8-5-7 goals against average and an 8-2-8 save percentage. Yeah. From a guy being picked in the third round by the Sharks, I'd, I'd expect better, especially since Milich uh, was undrafted, uh, believe it or not. And uh, Milich came in as the backup, so... After that first game against Czechia, um, 
you couldn't you can't blame it all on Goudreau. Obviously, you could see there was some defensive uh, collapses and breakdowns that that had to be fixed and was, as you could see, Canada won gold. But Milic stood on his head, especially in U.S. the U.S. game. Like he deserved that MVP. Um, that was his game head to toe, especially in the third period, kept them in the game. And that's how it was. MVP of the tournament obviously goes to Connor Bedard. He is unbelievable. But I there's no surprise there. And then they also gave the forward honors to obviously Bedard, Logan Cooley, well deserved, and Yuri Kulic of Czechia, which I think is a very good pick as he tucked in seven with two assists for nine goals. Obviously, the points aren't as high as Cooley or Bedard, but that's really hard to replicate. But I thought watching him play, he was outstanding. He was strong on pucks. He was good to play. As well as the two defensemen were Juracek, who at the start, actually, he almost didn't have his equipment. Hey, yeah. you know that story? Yeah. At Pearson. And then Ludwig Janssen, who was just a solid defenseman, man. Ten points. Unreal. Four tucks. And he shot 33.3%. Just a solid player. Head to toe that those prospects from every team was was unreal. And I was really impressed with every team's play. And actually, one game that really intrigued me was, uh, I think it was Austria and Germany, I believe. And uh, the day before, Canada kind of took it to them. It was I think it was around 11-1 or 11-0, something like that. And the next game, it was Austria and Germany. And I was watching the game on my TV, and I saw uh, Austria getting the chances. And then, obviously, they were the underdogs. And Canadian fans just cheering in the crowds. It's like, it's just what you love to see. Like, I've never seen anything more hockey than that. Like, um, I even saw a report on Instagram where um, a reporter was going around uh, walking in the streets of Canada just saying, other than Canada, who do you guys who do you guys like as a team in the World Juniors? And a lot of people said Austria or Latvia. So I thought it was just really cool. Canadian fans were getting into it, even though it wasn't their team playing. So it was just nice to see from hockey fans. Uh, I was a little bit disappointed in Finland in this tournament. I thought they had some good offensive talent, and they have a good all-around team that plays a team where, at times, Canada was questioned for individual-type play. But Finland... Just team players, but I was a little bit disappointed. I was expecting more out of Brad Lambert, who went 30th overall to the Jets last year. I was expecting more offense. He's been playing in the AHL with the Moose. He's two and okay there, I believe. For let's see here. Oh, he's doing all right. Three points in 14 games. But that's okay that's, for, for yeah for a rookie. Yeah, exactly. good. Like obviously transitioning from a European league, then coming to. The AHL, which is yeah. it's a big jump, but big size difference too. Yeah, but him playing in the U U twenty World Juniors, you would expect more from him. Exactly, I thought I honestly I thought there was going to be more, but when I look at this draft, I'm I just I'm surprised how Shane Wright went fourth. In hindsight, I I would have rather taken a guy like David Yurchek over him, or even Connor Geeky, just because Geeky's size translates Geeky's well. Size, he's he's league ready. Exactly. I think, you know, just a little bit 
just I'm just a little bit disappointed. I was expecting more from Shane Wright this year, but now they have him sent down to Kingston after that World Juniors yes. tournament where they're looking to move him. Um, I think we should talk about this upcoming draft. Obviously, I think now 100% no question, Connor Bedard, a lock. Number yep. one. Medzi's going first. Yeah. But I think number two is questioned now. You yes. have a guy like Leo Carlson. At times, he gives me, like, he reminds me of Leon Dreisaitl at times. Just yeah. big, a big forward. But because... He didn't have the craziest game, though. He had no. three goals, two assists, and six points. So yeah. it wasn't overall the best, but he still put up a point per game. Uh, he was solid for his team, one of his best, one of the best players, and you still got to think he's 17 years old. He's yeah. getting drafted this year, so you got to cut him some slack. And then you got uh, Dvorsky, who I thought was really good for Slovakia. He played uh, really well for them in the tournament. Almost, like I said, almost uh, overtook Canada. So. And then um, Edward Shala, is that how you pronounce Shala, it? Shala, yeah. Um, I thought he was solid, too. He's just one point under point per game, so you can basically call him point per game. I think he'll end up being a solid player, you know. But I'm still got to go back to it. Adam Fantilli, I don't know. At the start, it was looking like he was going to be a lock for number two, but where do you think, how far do you think he falls if he does fall at all? Uh, I it, It's hard to say because it, it was definitely disappointing, like we said. Um, well, also, you got to think about it, too, like, Canada has some a lot of stars, so he was put on the second line at, at the first, and then he got dropped to uh, the third or fourth when the games went on. Um, he had a big role in uh, the U.S. game, blocking that uh, game-winning goal, the third goal. It was almost like he was a beast at the start of the tournament, and he finally woke up for the last couple games in the knockout round there. Absolutely. And I think him going back to college, uh, he'll definitely be – uh, better and I hope he keeps his draft uh, like rank going up. So as long as he's playing good in college, I think he'll deal to be okay. Yeah, I I do. In games played, you can see that he'll translate. He's like, um, I forget which TSN analyst said this. He he'll probably end up being more like a John Tavares type player, where you know you're consistently getting over seventy points without a doubt, but it's just you're not getting the big numbers like you get in Bedard. Like, Bedard, again, he's unbelievable. He's, he's another got, animal. He's, yeah, he's just a different beast. But I think now we should take the time to head into the NHL, but we can stay on the topic of young players. Who are your top five candidates for the Calder Trophy? This year? Wow. Top five. Man, um... Uh, I have no idea. Um, what could you say for your... Do you your... want to go first? Um, at number five, I think I got to go with, um, Cole Perfetti. He's doing very well on a strong Jets team as the Jets are playing well, but I, I think there's a lot going on to help him out. And then at number four, I got to go with Mason McTavish, you know, some people might say it's a little low, but I think that Mason McTavish is a solid player. Don't get me wrong, but I just don't think he's better than the three guys ahead of him. At number three, I got Matias Michelli 
from the Coyotes. You know, I had no clue who he was heading yeah. into the season. No clue. But right now he is third in rookie scoring, leads rookies in assists, but he's not there for the goals. But you also got to remember he's on a very weak Coyotes team where I guess the Ducks are pretty weak too. So those two guys, I feel as though he could flip. But then my second player, Logan Thompson, he's been very good for the Golden Knights this year. Absolutely. Um, just out of nowhere, especially filling in after an injury. Yeah. For, and for then, him to be, uh, like for a Knights team that was really questionable on goaltending, he's really stepped up for the team and they're, there's not much worry anymore. It seems like they're, they're starting to win games. They're up there in the standings. It's, and I, I think most of it's because of Logan Thompson. He's playing well, and he's stepping up into his role. And then, number one, no surprise, I got Matty Veneers. He's leading. I'm not sure where he is, but it feels as though he is leading the Seattle team to the success they're having. But I'll look into that quick here. Who are your number, uh, your top five picks, or is it pretty similar? To it's mine? pretty similar to yours. Um from head to toe. Um, maybe even Logan Thompson for first, but I still got a lock for Matty Meniers. He's playing well, playing well for Seattle, especially for a team that doesn't look like too skilled, too, too skilled. Yeah, he's leading them. He's, I, I just looked at it. He's second in points, only behind Burkowski, but then he leads in goals, and especially as a rookie. That's unreal. He's a solid player, and I, I was expecting the Veneers right to be a really good one-two punch, but Wright's just been letting not, it down. Not NHL ready yet. He's I don't not. Think. He has to. I think. I think his two hundred foot game. He could end up being a good top six NHL, or who knows, yeah. he could be a number one center in the league. Just, but you right have to now, give him time. Yeah, you would have to give him time. I think that the the rest of the year in the OHL could uh, give him a conference booster, and maybe uh, next year even another year. And the A could could really develop him into a, the player he should be, and uh, like you said, come up to a first line, second line, like top six guy, and be have that two hundred foot game because you know he has it. He has it in him. Um, he's, a, he's a good player. He is. You watch him at the World Juniors, even though you're expecting more. Came up big in the finals with a really nice goal. Yeah. Oh yeah, that beauty backhand. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Now we can head into more NHL topics here. Uh, let's go with Connor McDavid. Connor McDavid. Unreal. Best player in the world, without a doubt. Him and Dreisaitl, first and second in the league in points. They're just absolutely dominating. But Edmonton, their struggles this year, they're not doing well. McDavid has 75 points in 40 games, as, as if we're doing this podcast right now. And Dry Saddle has 60 and 38. As of right now, the Oilers are fifth in the Pacific. And it's just underwhelming. You, Even though it's all hockey is a team sport, and it's showing right now between those, they have the, arguably the One. top two players in the league. They got obviously the best. Yeah. But then they have Dry Saddle, who's probably the second best player in the world right now. And they're just struggling. And I think that that shows the hockey is how it's a team sport. Unlike basketball, where in the NBA, you could have, for example, two guys lead you guys far. I agree. But 
And yeah. I think it's just because of their their goaltending for sure, and um, their their D is a little lackluster. I don't really see much depth there from the defense, but we've seen yeah. that over the years for sure. Over the last four or five years, nothing nothing much coming from D. Um, even their goalies. I think uh, I know you're a least fan, Jacko, but um, I think Jack Campbell's more of a backup than a starter. There, in my yeah, opinion. I think that Skinner should be their starter. He's been playing a lot better than Campbell has, even though. But on the topic of the Leafs, how about we get over there? Mitch Marner, selected for the All-Star game. He's doing well this year, obviously. Even though Matthews isn't scoring as much as we're used to seeing, he's still doing well with the playmaking side. But William Nylander leads the Leafs with 22 goals and is tied for first in points with Austin Matthews with 45. How do you feel? Nylander? Yeah. Nylander, wow. It, uh, it's pretty good for him, and he's making like just under seven, I believe. So I think that's a really good contract and him playing – uh, with those type of guys, especially him getting those power play minutes. He's getting uh, where, where those goals are coming from. And I saw, like, he got the the OT winner uh, yeah. a couple nights ago. I forget what they were playing against, but it was a nice OT winner. It just it feels like he's adding a new element to his game, and yeah. he's, he's stepping up in another role. The Leafs at the start of the season, they were struggling, but then they decided to switch Barter and Nylander, and that's starting to look like a very good decision for them. Especially when they ran into all those injuries on the defensive end. The, the Leafs stepped up. They kept winning games. And another player that's impressed me is Connor Timmons. Came from the Coyotes, I believe, right? Yeah. Yep. He was pretty much a nobody coming from there. But now you look at Connor Timmons on the Leafs. He's playing well, and he's done very well for them. How do you think about... Uh, like I. As a Bruins fan, asking a Leafs fan, how how is uh, your goalie Samsonov and Murray? You think, in your opinion, they're doing well this year. They're a good tandem. Um, they they both combined. The Leafs have combined for three shutouts between the two of them. Samsonov has a two thirty eight, Murray a two sixty one, and then Samsonov also with a nine fourteen and a nine thirteen for Matt Murray. I think that's good because the Leafs are very good defensively, so I don't think they're needing the goalies to play like Vesna caliber to keep them competitive. They just yeah. have to be above average, I feel, for them to have a chance to finally make it out of the first round. And I think that's good for NHL teams that have a goalie for like a one-two uh, punch kind of thing. So it's kind of like they're always battling for that spot. So, you know, yeah. they're always want to come and play their best game. And because, you know, they always want to get the more minutes from, from each other. Like one wants to play more than the other. But... It's good because when it comes down to playoffs, um, you'll see who's playing better and they'll play one or the other. As well as it also gives them the opportunity if you have two goalies that are very close in stats and play, that you can have time and give goalies a rest. Where you look at a team like the Jets with Connor Hellebuck eating a large workload, not that he can't, you'll have more energy out of your goalies opposed to having a guy play all the games in every series. I agree. Another player that's doing well this year, David Pasternak from the Bruins. My boy. He's been doing well. How do you feel about him so far this season? Uh, I think he's playing well. Like I'm, I'm really impressed. Well, you know, I'm obviously happy because Boston's uh, one or two in the in the show right now. We're 
We're doing really well. Um, I'm happy that he has uh, 52 points in 38 games. Like, he's playing really well. I'm really impressed with his play. Um, and I'm surprised that Marshan and Bergeron are still keeping up, still keeping up the pace with their, their age still. Um, I think just moving on to the team, like Boston in general, I thought they really jumped up. People saying, like, since they're getting older, well, that's almost every year because they are aging, but they they're kind of showing against the age here with guys like, like you said, Bergeron and Marshawn, and even a guy like Krejci coming back and playing well. And then another thing that's really benefiting them is, I think, the surprise play of Linus Allmark. I thought at the, at the start of the season, I was expecting Swayman to take over and become the full-time starter, but Allmark, out of nowhere, with a 1-8-6 goals against average, and a 9-3-9, and I'm loving that because I haven't that's what you love to see. <laughs> it's unreal, but... How big of a role do you think that's playing? Um, I think it's playing a really big role. Um, obviously, you know, Boston's just an offensive powerhouse and not, not really known for the best defensive play. But, but Allmark stepping up is, yeah. is a really big deal, and I think it's a, one of the big reasons why they're, they're winning games. Um, he's, he's stepping up, and he's playing really well so far. And uh, we just hope that he continues to be like that. Yeah, exactly. Another player that's surprised me so far this season is Hampus Lindholm. Were you expecting this point production out of him? Absolutely not. Coming from Anaheim uh, last year in a trade, um, I thought I was optimistic about it because I knew he was like a, a good two-way defenseman, but I didn't know he could put up points like that. Well, it does help that um, I guess McAvoy was out for a bit at the start of the season, and he kind of took that first um, – like quarterback role on the power play for the Bruins. But um, I thought he just putting up points, like giving it to Pasternak, giving it to Bergeron, give it to Pash or give it to Marshan, sorry, just plays a big role. And I see him making good defensive plays as well. So that's why I think he's playing the way he is. He's playing well. And as like all, Mark, I hope he keeps it up too. Especially exciting too, especially at the start of the season with the McAvoy injury. Like, it's really good that he filled in and there was like no gap for losing McAvoy. It seemed like it was seamless. Here's a question I have for you. Do you think the NHL has a tanking problem? Yes, I do. And um, I think Arizona is is tanking for sure. Um, I don't know what's happening in Montreal. They've lost like eight I mean, of their Montreal last eleven. Chicago though. Chicago too. They're tanking. tanking. They had a solid young core. They had Doc, Debrinkit, and Hagel, and they traded them all away. Which that seems like they're definitely tanking. Yeah. Which I'm a little confused with them trading uh, Doc. I thought Doc, you didn't give him enough uh, time to to too. grow. Yeah, he's a big forward. A lot of the time, the big forwards take a longer time to grow. Like. Tage Thompson in Buffalo. Look at him. He's huge. Unreal. Which is, oh, yeah. But which him being so big is why it's taken him longer to develop and be able to play using his size. I agree. He, he's skating like he's like he's pretty quick. He's like a cheetah with his size. Like he's 6'6", six, 6'8", six, six, with skates. And he's just walking around, guys, like nothing. Just like they're pylons. He's, he's playing unreal right now. He has 55 points in 36 games. 
Tate Thompson, born in Phoenix, Arizona, originally played for the U.S. national team and then eventually the University of Connecticut. Um, yeah, he's a pretty good player in the World Juniors. He put up five points in seven games, and that would have been at the start of his career, but ever since he got to Buffalo, you can kind of kind of flip the switch. Yeah, exactly. Last year, getting, he started getting traded it in, up. in the O'Reilly trade, I believe. Yeah. Uh, obviously, it kind of worked out for St. Louis because they won the cup that uh, that, year. that year. But in with, hindsight, now with the struggles, it would have been nice to have a guy like Cage Thompson, especially with all the talent and exactly. fantasy producers. Yeah. And you can see as he's gotten here, especially last year, sixty-eight points in seventy-eight games, but thirty-eight goals. Like Unreal. he can put the puck in the net. Yeah, he. He can score when he wants to. He's on that first power play. Has that unbelievable one T, kind of like that Ovi shot he has. That's what it kind of resembles as. So he's just he's just another animal right now. A little disappointing part. JT Miller. JT Miller. There's. <laughs> you just shake your head at this because. Um, when you I watched the Jets game and it was, um, you had uh, Canucks and the Jets playing, and it was late in the game, and they were down by I think it was one goal, and Colin Delia, the goalie of the Canucks, was uh, getting pulled and about to go, and JT Miller had the puck and he was around center ice and then he started coming back towards his own net and he started yelling at Delia for not uh, going to the bench. And as a goalie myself, it it kind of I shake my head because why are you bringing it back then? It just doesn't make any sense how you're bringing it back. And I could see for like a goalie's perspective, like you'd feel not so great as who's who else is like uh, saving the net, who's who's in front of the net to block that just just in case he turns he owes it. Exactly, especially with a guy like JT Miller, who has a history of poor defensive play, especially even with the puck in his defensive zone. Obviously, JT Miller has a lot of talent offensively, but it's been very underwhelming this season and overshadowed by his lack of effort defensively. Yeah, it also kind of sucks because I have him on my fantasy team, so I'm going to have to make a trade soon for that. A little disappointing on that part, but we'll get past that. I think, um, actually, I think there's one more topic we got to talk about. Uh, Ovechkin. The goal hunt, yeah. The goal hunt, 800 goals. 800 goals. That is unbelievable. I cannot believe how well he's playing. How old is he? 35, 36, something like that. I know he's a year older than Crosby, but he has 48 points in 42 games. Just an absolute old dog, just rottweiling his way around the ice, scoring absolute snipes right now. Like, there's legit no way he's still going at this. How, how many goals is he? He has 29 goals right now. 29 goals, and he's still kicking it. Still kicking it. I think, um, I think he's still playing it to to beat that the Gretzky record, 894 for goals all time. Um, yeah. I just don't see why else he would be playing. Uh, maybe because he's already got the the money, he's got the cup, he's got all the he's got the heart, he's got the hardware. Yeah, he's 
chasing the record. Chasing the record, and I think as soon as he beats that record, I think he's going to be done. Unless he wants maybe another cup or something. But other than that, I don't really see him playing after he beats that record. And Washington as a whole, they they were struggling at the start of the year, but they've really picked up their play, and they're now in the first wild card spot, and which they're tied with the same amount of points as the New York Rangers. It's just they've played two extra games. Mm-hmm. And just uh, the standings real quick, actually. The, the top three in the Atlantic, you got uh, Boston, Toronto, and the Lightning. Boston with 64, uh, Toronto with 53, and Tampa with 49 points. Then you got the Metro, you got the Canes, you got the Devils, and you got Rangers. And then you got uh, 56, 51, and 50. Uh, Metro is really close right now. You got uh, Washington and New York in the in the wild card spots. They're looking to on the outside looking in. Uh, I think it's going to be a tough tougher course for Metro. Uh, I think Atlantic. You already got them kind of planned out. Florida is really disappointing with only forty points, especially after they they won uh, the President's Trophy last year. It's looking like they, there's a chance they could have ended up gifting Montreal Bedard, which is unbelievable, or even just a high lottery pick, because there's a lot of talent. Exactly. Oh, I forgot to bring this up. Matej Michkov, do you think he's coming over, or do you think he'll be in Russia for that whole contract? Um, I think he'll he'll stay, unfortunately. I think he'll stay, because he signed till 2026 on that, uh, again, signed in the KHL. Uh, I think... You know, good on him for what being a 16-year-old kid when he signed that contract, getting that money. But um, obviously, maybe when you look back at it, it's maybe not the smartest idea when if you want to go play in the NHL or if you want to stay in the KHL. That lots of opportunity there. It's just the league is not obviously as strong as the NHL. Is. Absolutely. And uh, when we go over to the the Western Conference, you got the Central. You got Stars, Winnipeg, and Minnesota with 52, 51, and 46 points. Um, that's a pretty close, uh, point total. Um, I'm really surprised with Colorado only having 41 points and you got Pacific division and you got Vegas, LA and Seattle with 56, 50 and 46, um, Pacific, uh, it's a little, little disappointing kind of thing. Uh, nothing much happened. You got Vegas who's having a really good year actually. Uh, Seattle, I didn't see this coming out of them either, like we said before. And then L.A. too. Um, they're really stepping up their game from last year for sure. And then you got the wild card spots. You got uh, Flames and Oilers uh, on the outside looking in. And they respectively got uh, 45 and 44. So um, there's a point point back from Seattle from that third spot. And um, hopefully the Edmonton... Edmonton goalies step up. McDavid, McDavid and Drysdale keep doing their thing. And, uh, yeah, it's been pretty good. I think we should close off with the Crease Prank Player of the Week. Yeah. The Dog of the Week. The Dog of the Week. That's I what we're doing. I think there's the no the doubt. Normally this goes to players in the NHL, but I think no doubt it's got to go to Connor Bedard. Connor Bedard, Unbelievable. Sure. Breaking records at the World Juniors. Leading by so many points, yeah. I just I don't know who else you could give it to. Yeah, beat beat Lindros's uh points for a Canadian player, beat Eberle's for Canadian goal scorer. Um, it's just 
how can you not like the guy? And especially, I don't know if you saw that interview, but trying to talk about him and he's like, no, no, no. I want to talk about my teammate, my teammates. I don't want to talk about me. This is, this is a great win for us. Like props to him. Such a, such a really humble guy. Good character for sure. It's funny, it's funny uh, watching in the stands, people are going up to take selfies with his dad. <laughs> yeah. Dad, yeah. yeah, it was pretty funny seeing his dad going on the scoreboard, double fisting, couple beers. It's, it's, it's fun to see, and overall, it was it was a really good week, and a really good week for the dog, Connor Bedard. Um, and uh, like you said before, thank you guys for listening to the podcast, uh, our first episode for the crease crank hockey podcast and uh, you guys have a good one. All right.